This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Out of Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always, I'm coined, I'm, coined, I'm joined with my co-host John and this week we're talking about <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I knew one of those days you're going to mess up. Damn it. Yes, but it's okay. It could be one of those cold opens again. But anyway, <laughs> yes, welcome. We are going to talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes, this is the film that came out. This is one of the films. Yes, exactly, John. But this is a really exciting time because we are soon seeing the anime version which is really exciting because the whole Scott Pilgrim film was adapted from a graphic novel series so it's going to be really interesting how they integrated that from the film but also from the graphic novels into the anime so that's really cool that's exciting stuff yeah that's really really going to be great that they're bringing back the cast and that they're bringing back the same creative team but they're doing it in a different style with the comic book illustrations yeah. I genuinely think that the upcoming anime could be on par with the movie, which I think is already absolutely amazing. Um, mm. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, full spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. And let's be honest, if you haven't seen it, you, you really should. It. Briefly explain so, the plot for those who don't know. So, Scott Pilgrim meets Ramona and instantly falls in love with her. But when he meets one of her exes at a band competition, he realizes that he has to deal with all seven of her exes to woo her. So tell me a bit about Scott Pilgrim. When was the first time that you watched this movie? Do you remember? Right. Yes, I remember this actually. Ages ago, ages, ages ago, I went to your house and we were Did I show you? Yeah, you showed me this, but I'll tell you the whole story. So we were just bored. We were like, hmm, what could we do? And then you were like, have you seen Scott Pilgrim? And then me... Mimo, I was just completely oblivious. I was like, what? what's 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 that? And then you showed me the graphic novel that you had you had like one volume of it, I guess. And it was just completely mind blowing instantly from the beginning, you know, when they go one, two, three, four, and it just hits you with the sound, with the cinematography, and just you just completely dive into this world that is just crazy. Video game inspired. I was just like I'm just witnessing a masterpiece. And I was just completely mesmerized, but also just mind-blown that these are films that are just so incredible. And it was my first Edgar Wright film, I believe. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it makes sense that I showed you because this, for the longest time, was my go-to movie to show people. Like, whenever I was bored with friends, whenever we couldn't decide what to watch, if they hadn't seen Scott Pilgrim, it was a no-brainer because, to me, this movie just, it has it all. I don't think this is my first Edgar Wright movie, and we did Last Night in Soho when it came out, so we've talked about Edgar Wright before, but truly, what he brings to this movie is unlike anything else there are so many different voices in the comic book movie world, but what he did with this movie is something unlike I've ever seen before. I don't even know where to begin with how fantastic. I mean, just every moment is shot and edited to perfection. All of the transitions, you have the classic Edgar Wright whip mm. pans, and there's some really great examples of physical comedy. One of my favorites is where Knives comes to Scott's house and Wallace opens the door and Knives is like, is Scott here? And Wallace is like, you know what? He closes the door and then behind him, Scott 
dives out of the window. <laughs> He's like, he just left. And that that's practical. Like, this movie, they thought about every single detail, like, to the point where the actors were told not to blink in every shot, so it felt like a comic book. And it does feel like a comic book, and I think the whole thing is so purposefully built and crafted and chiseled to perfection. I love it. Yeah, it's just so awesome to watch all the fighting sequences. There are some really funny ones as well. That's one of my favorite, that Texas switch. You're thinking, is that Michael Cera jumping out the window? And I love that. And there's so many great ones. Like, there's a great behind-the-scenes blooper as well when Scott throws the box behind him and put it in the bin and it landed. And you can see that the behind-the-scenes, they actually took it loads of time to put it in the bin. Like, they throw it behind it in there. So that's pretty cool what they've done for this film. You can tell they had so much fun. And you've got an amazing cast. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, amazing as Ramona. And there's some really funny dialogue as well, like when she was reading out all the tea names. That was just brilliant. I have just you seen it. the cast reunion? Mm. Sorry, I'm just drinking my coffee. I was like, yes, yes, I have. <laughs> um, I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I have. I watched the table read and that was so much fun as well. Like, yeah. you get to learn about that. And she somehow remembers the whole yeah. tea. It's crazy. She's, it's yeah, it's she, mad. She, like, the whole cast has so much chemistry. They are so perfect. It is not a surprise in the slightest that they brought back every single cast member in every single role because they are all so perfect and they're irreplaceable like Kieran Culkin as Wallace is hilarious the whole time and the whole dynamic that Scott has with the rest of the band Mm. members and Sex Bob Arm and Jason Schwartzman as the villain I just can't imagine anybody in this movie doing anything else and they are all hamming it up so much and they're all giving it the exact right amount of sincerity but also comedic timing like Chris Evans as Lucas Lee that might be his best performance ever he is just (laughs) taking it to another level there are just so many fantastic moments yeah. Like where he's like, you really don't know about the League of Evil Exes? And he's like, no. And he's like, oh, that's cool, man. We'll get a beer. And he punched him. He's like, boom. <laughs> like, I just love all of those little moments. Oh, uh, like, yeah. The characters come alive and it feels so surreal, but at the same time, so very grounded. Like they, they feel like real characters put into these insane situations. I love it. Yeah. And it's just over the top as well. It really inspired a lot of manga and anime situations as well. Like Matthew Patel, he's just over the top. It's just so funny. He's just like trying to be this cool guy and like, you want to go against me? And it's just so anime as well. And Chris Evans is <laughs> one of my favorite lines is he's on the movie set and he just looks at his phone just like, it's kind of hilarious. Yes. Oh, the, the, this movie is also <laughs> oh, so... so good. It's filled with so many good jokes as well. Um, yeah. And lots of references to video games as well. There was Legends of Zelda at the beginning. You can hear the theme yes. in the kitchen. I absolutely love that. And you get to instantly know the characters with their personality, you know, with the blocks and stuff. And I just feel like, yeah, that's instantly, you know, what they like. So, yes. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Like, it tells you exactly what you need to know immediately. Like, when Scott is introducing the band, and he's like, this is Stephen Stills. He's the talent. This is Kim. She's a drummer. And I love that kind of stuff. And the video game influences are all over the place. Every time someone dies, they become a pile of money. And even at the beginning, so cool. the so um, cool. Universal logo is in, like, it's pixelated and it's got that kind of video game vibe. And also with the one up life that Scott gets at the end considering it's based off a comic book and i have read the comic book i've read the first two i think but i never like did the whole thing so i don't really know how many of those influences are directly from the comic book but i love that it's bringing in all these different styles and all these
all these different versions. There's this whole sequence where it's kind of a riff on sitcoms with like a, a live audience where Scott enters his house and there's like this oh. canned laughter this whole time. Like, yeah, they just go for all these ridiculous things. Like what you were saying of Matthew Patel before, he has an almost Bollywood style dance number where he's talking about like his fireballs and his demon hipster chicks. Like it's all just, again, like so fantastically thought out and so layered and i really hope that they bring that to the anime as well because oh yeah i can't imagine scott pilgrim without all those different styles and all those different like variations it's so many things it's a comic book movie it's a video game movie it's a love story and all those things really work together it's even like an underdog band story all those elements come together really nicely and the movie is so so quotable there are so many lines from the very opening of once upon a time in the not so far away land of toronto canada scott pilgrim was dating a high schooler like that stuff even from the very opening are just so memorable and so fantastic and oh man watching this movie just brings out such a joy in me because it's so fun the whole time it is such hilarious film just to go into and it's so much fun just thinking back about like all the funny moments as well when scott was talking to knives on the way home to the snowy toronto knives like where do you live and and then it just pans to this massive house scott's house and you're thinking is there something to it but then it just pans to his place that he lives in this bunker. It looks like a bunker. It's just like this very small place where he's living with Wallace. Yeah, literally yeah. just across the street from where he grew up. Yeah, it's just... And the soundtrack as well. Oh my god, the Ooh, soundtrack. Man. Oh, yes. Instantly from the beginning, you were like, I am in with this punk rock music as well. Deeply inspired by video games as well. So that's cool. Like They blend the genres together. And the cool thing about the fight scenes is what well, I don't know if they're inspired by the boss fights in the comic book series. One of my favorite is the fight against Todd. That's a really, yes. really great one as well. You get to see this great character dynamic between Mona and Scott, you know, learning about each other, you know, with the different exes. And mm. it's just so funny. It's just over the top. Seven evil exes. Great. And there's a great scene with... <laughs> Yeah, I just remember the joke with Todd being Superman. He said he's vegan, and then that's how he gets his powers. But then there was the vegan police. The vegan police. Oh my god, this is great. Um, he's like reporting him about the crimes that he, which stuff he ate aren't vegan, so like chicken. <laughs> chicken yeah, is vegan, that's and then gets funny scene. Yeah, I love that. You yeah. once were vegan, now you will be gone. <laughs> vegan like it's so fantastic it's so fantastic and the scene transitions again edgar wright knows how to do scene transitions there's no rhythm wasted you know like you're instantly going through this journey and yeah no scene wasted as well you're just like in this journey of meeting these crazy characters and there's one thing that i looked at the cast list as well is bill Hader. i did not know he was the voice of the narrator oh really yeah oh wow that's crazy He's the narrator. Scott is well aware that his last haircut was at this time. Yeah. I love those moments when everything goes dark and then the narrator will jump in and be like, Scott is well aware that she dumped him. It was brutal. 
And he's like, it was mutual. It wasn't. I love those kind of moments that, again, like they kind of, they give us so much information through stuff like the narration and stuff like, like when they introduce the apartment, they come through and they show all the good stuff in the apartment, all the tidy stuff and all the new stuff. That's all Wallace is. All the bad stuff, the piles of clothes on the floor, the crappy posters, those are Scott's. And this movie really builds this identity of a guy who really is this dickhead who plays everyone and is really selfish and he needs to learn the power of they kind of say like at the end that he learns the power of self-respect but i think potentially the the film misses out on the fact that really him finally being kind to people and finally admitting what he's done wrong that's not necessarily self-respect it's more like ownership of his bad deeds yeah, I wish there was that arc as well, like, kind of to people as well. Like, you could see it throughout the story. I mean, it's kind of shown with scenes with uh, Ramona as well. But, yeah, again, I wish there was, like, a stronger way of that. But that's just a small problem with that. There's some great stuff that chimes over that small thing. You come to the realisation that Scott's not a good person as well. You're just like, oh, he's not as kind to everybody as well. You do get to see that character arc somewhere in the story. Yeah, yeah apparently it... it's more in the graphic novel. And I would hope that it's a bigger part of the TV show too. And, you know, if I had one criticism about this movie, it would be the the character journeys, you know, they don't feel like they quite know where they're ending. Like the ending is quite controversial. A lot of people believe that Scott should have ended up with knives. And that was the original ending that they shot where after defeating Gideon and encountering Nega Scott, Scott gets with knives and Ramona leaves. But I think that it does make more sense that Scott would end up with Ramona since, so, you know, the whole movie was about their love but also i do kind of think that the characters do kind of get away with some of their more heinous treatment of each other quite a lot if that makes sense yeah again this is a movie that's focusing on scott going against the seven evil exes that can feel a bit overwhelming as well and you feel like we want to focus on you know like his character arc as well you you do get to see that but it's just it is overarching as well so it's just not as like episodic like oh he's actually changing but he's like kind of slowly building up to that in the ending I'm looking at like all the trivia stuff that was in the film as well. So like the four cast members that made up the band spent several weeks learning how to play together as a band. Wow. They had to learn their instruments from scratch. And Mike Cassero had to dumb down his bass in order not to outshine his bandmates. So he actually knew how to play bass. That's so cool. I love all of the musical sequences. They are so cool. There's nothing that gets me quite as hyped as the opening scene where Kim yells, we are Sekbaban, one, two, three, four. And then you get Launchpad McQuack, working title. And the camera starts to slowly pull away from them. And the floor is getting longer and longer as the credits start to roll. And then we get the title drop, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. And then we go into this kind of neon, insane landscape with all of the different cast members and different graphics that represent each one as this insane guitar riff with the drums and the bass are playing the whole time. I love that. There are so many cool songs in this movie. Yeah, there were so many cool songs as well. There was one, it was the musical fight with the sound being like the animals that scene who was it against like these two guys yes the, against the katianagi twins yes that's it and again this is like over the top as well and it's just like using music 
it's actually a prominent thing as well, music, mm. and they actually use music to help fight against exes. It's just so much fun as well. Mm. Yeah, and I, I love also how all the different exes have their own vibe. Like, Matthew Patel is kind of like a pirate-esque kind of thing, and as I said, he has this whole Bollywood sequence, and he's kind of got, like, his magical abilities, and then Lucas Lee is, like, this kind of, like, hardened, like, actor, skater dude, and then Todd is very much, like, he's almost, he's quite jockey, but also he's got that kind of band stuff and then Roxy is a very kind of punk and the Katsunagi twins are the silent but deadly kind of musicians and then you have Gideon who is super kind of over the top and super confident and oh I just I can't get over how good the whole final act of this movie is when Scott goes in and he loses so hard but then he has his extra life and so he gets to do it all again and everyone teams up to fight Gideon and Orchidian's henchmen and Sex bob have that moment where Kim's like we are Sex bob and we are here to watch Scott Pilgrim kick your teeth in like it's so great and I think that Jason Swatchman gives such a fantastic performance as I think I've decided that Jason Swatchman apart from Ryan Gosling might be my favorite actor because everything that he That's is in he plays he plays every role to perfection and he just loses himself like there's no Jason Schwartzman role that isn't incredibly memorable for every single reason like I absolutely love him in this movie the way that he's like kind of like so confident and he's like do you know how long it took me to get all the contact information for all the exes so I could form this stupid league two hours two hours like that's so funny oh and he's like you made me swallow my gum that's gonna be in my digestive tract for <laughs> seven yeah like that's so funny i don't know if it's seven years but that's so funny like he eight years yeah eight years there we go he's just fantastic yeah you get to see some character moments as well again chris evans completely just being this serious guy who's just like oh hey, trying to be this bro guy you know like he's just being over the top and just using the skateboard it's just so funny I there's that great it. moment when scott's like can you do a thingy and he's like you want me to do that and it's like there are girls watching and he just like his eyes he just flicks over for like a single second and it's so funny and there's a great moment as well when wallace gives him his board and he's like hey big fan and lucas is like why wouldn't you be is that that's so funny <laughs> You get to see small character moments as well that is just so good. Like Aubrey Plaza's Julie in the coffee shop. She's great as well across the movie. She's just like this. She keeps um, on just popping up. Yeah, just pops out of the story. And it's just so funny as well. She just has her time and then kind of helps with Scott as well. But she's like this self-realized character in this world. And she's like, there's nothing she can do about it. But she's in this. And Anna Kendrick as Stacy. Like, I love that every time Scott does something, she calls him straight away. And yeah. he's like, how do you know? It's like, Wallace, Wallace isn't even conscious. Like, those moments are so fantastic. And of course, Knives, the fact that her heart has been broken so much by Scott. And she kind of goes into this kind of revenge story where at the end, she's like, wants to fight Ramona. Like, that stuff is is so great. And she, I think she grows and becomes the most mature at the end yeah. when she kind of realizes that she's too cool for Scott. And it's true. That stuff is is so fantastic. And of course, when, when Todd punches her and it's, he he punched the highlights out of her hair. Like that that stuff is all so heightened and again, just memorable. Every single character, every single moment, even the small characters like Wallace's boyfriend, who's like, so you didn't kiss her? Are you gay? Like every single character, every single moment, it's all so memorable. And I know there are haters of this movie and I really don't understand it. I think that it's such a funny and brilliantly devised and made movie that, you know, yeah, it, it might not kind of criticize some of its characters 
characters as well as it should, but it's also really, really well done, and it's such a joy. I don't understand how it's cinema. Like That's why it is saying cinema. it's cinema. It's the yeah. best. Yeah. I wonder if Scorsese actually watched this film. Of course he did. <laughs> that was just I a mean, long pause. I just love that long pause. I had this like, realization. Yeah, I was like, have. "What films does he watch?" It's just so funny to me. Like, what films would he watch if he watched Scott Pilgrim vs. World? Anyway, I just love this film. It's just a film that you cannot be bored with. There's so much memorable dialogue that you feel like you want to memorize the whole entire film. The writing is just excellent as well. I wonder if that's been inspired by the graphic novels. When I read the first couple of graphic novels, I realized that a lot of the movie is word for word the same as the graphic novel. So yeah, like oh, wow. I think we I think we can also expect a lot of the most memorable lines to also be in the TV show because it is from the graphic novel. Yeah, and you can really tell that it's just made with so much passion as well. And it's a really different Edgar Wright film from, like, when you look at his, all of his films, you've seen Hot Fuzz and all that. There's a quite similar... You can see that with the transitions, you can see that with the direction he does, but from this, this is such a different film, but it's also... Edgar Wright as well. You know what I mean? Like, you can see it. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you've seen Hot Fuzz, you've seen Shaun of the Dead or Baby Driver, but this, this is just so much energy, so much fun. Mm. Yeah, it's just so good. It does really work with Edgar Wright's direction with his comedy as well. So, yeah. Yeah, what I love about Edgar Wright, and this goes for every single amazing director, is that none of their films feel the same. Like, every single one of Edgar Wright's movies are different, but also they all have his signature style, and so, you know, like they still all feel like Edgar Wright pieces. Even Last Night in Soho, which is wildly different in many ways, it still feels way, like Edgar Wright. different, yeah. But, like, they all carry that style. And I think that Scott Pilgrim is a really... You can see why Marvel wanted him to make Ant-Man yeah, after Scott definitely. Pilgrim, for instance. Yeah. But I guess he was too good for them. Yeah, I can't believe this film is like two hours. It doesn't feel like two hours. You just it feel really like... goes by real fast. It's just the pacing that is so good. It's just you feel like you're on this roller coaster. You're on it for like thirty seconds. That's why I felt like through this entire film, you're just like, wow, I miss it already. <laughs> I want to watch yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really hope that the TV show, which we are gonna cover when it's finished, I hope the TV show kind of gives us our weekly dose of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. In, in, in the best way. Well, actually, it's Netflix, so I'm not sure if it is going to oh, be Oh, they're going to dump it all, aren't they? Probably, yeah. Hopefully, some anime shows in the future won't dump it at the same time, because weekly shows, they're cool. We- because you're like, weekly you wanna... is the way. Yeah, exactly. Weekly is the way. You're just building up series, or you're building up, like, excitement for an anticipation for next week. It's like, to be continued, like, ooh, and you're just like, oh my god, I want to watch next week. But if they dump it all again, I'm like, mm, I could binge watch it, but I don't have the energy. Like, I don't like binge yes. watching because you really want to take your time into this world. Again, I'm going to keep talking about Cowboy Bebop, but that's exactly what I did. Like, with Cowboy Bebop, I took so much time, like, three months to watch the entire show because I just felt like this is a show that I need to properly be immersed in or, you know, not take it all in because I feel like if you take it all in, you're going to miss every single emotional beat or you just feel like that you're not ready for that world. So hopefully they'll do that for the anime as well, like weekly. Yes, please. Let's... Yeah, let's hope so. But for now, what are you going to give Scott Pilgrim versus the world out of 10? <laughs> 10. 10. 10. Yes. Wow. Ten. Fantastic. I'm going to go with nine. Very excited for this entire season of animation as well hopefully we'll talk about some other anime as well in the future so yeah cannot wait for scott pilgrim this world on anime scott pilgrim takes off it shall be called is it yeah 
It's called Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. No. Why did I read it? Scott Pilgrim. What? What does this mean? Oh, wow. The It didn't do well with the box office. Why is it saying for you? Anyway, never mind. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed it and you're listening on YouTube, you can like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. Next week, we'll be doing The Marvels, the third MCU movie this year. We'll see how that goes. Will mm. it be better than the original? Did you see the Marvels thing? Like, you know, the budget oh, kept changing. God. Yes. So apparently it was one of the lowest MCU movies. It was like 130 million. And now apparently it's one of the highest. It's like 250 million. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I heard about it on Discussing Films. Discussing Films is great, by the way. If you want to get yeah. into film news or film media, like what's happening around film, they're great. And they support the Riot Strike as well. So yeah, follow them on Twitter. They are really reliable, but they sometimes go off a bit of a track, you know, with game news, but mostly film news as well. It's just pretty funny as well. But yeah. Yeah, and you can send us an email at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on the Marvels and you can ask us any questions and we'll answer it right here on the podcast next week. And you can follow us on Instagram at ourstimefilmpod to see incredible thumbnails from Zayn Afsal on Twitter for more thoughts from me and TikTok to see edited clips which are also on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts and you can find links to all that in the description below. Thanks to L. Jones Mayer for the excellent theme and Ron Phillips vocals as always and I think that is everything. Yeah, that's everything. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>